0: You're listening to another hope-filled podcast from Life. For more information about our church, visit LifeNZ.org. I'm fighting back. Everybody say, I'm fighting back. I'm fighting back. You know, Psalm 34 is an amazing psalm. It's amazing because such a worshipful psalm and Has so much power in it. But the circumstances in which Psalm 34 was written by David are extreme. You see, at the time, he was pretending he was nuts. Literally, he was pretending he was crazy. You see, he was under double jeopardy. King Saul was pursuing him and wanted to kill him on the one side, so he hid from Saul in Philistine territory. Goliath was the champion of the Philistines. They knew that David was in their territory. And so they were pursuing him as well. He was under double jeopardy. And so what did he do? He pled insanity. He, proved, he pretended he was mad. And it's in that incredible scenario, he writes the Psalm, Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually Be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. He said, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked at him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. Then it says this poor man. Which poor man? He's talking about himself. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed are the people who trust in him. What a beautiful psalm. What a beautiful psalm. You know, David, he was a warrior. He was a king. Not just a king, he was really Israel's greatest ever human king. He was a leader, Saul has slain his thousands. David, his tens of thousands. He was a giant slayer. But you wouldn't always have known it. You see, sometimes the way David spoke, it really didn't express the same power as the psalm I just read, like Psalm 13, verse 1. It goes, how long? How long, O Lord, will you forsake me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart every single day? How long will my enemies be exalted over me? How long, how long, how long? You know, people here, people watching online, you know, sometimes we feel like that. It's like, is there ever an end to this tunnel? Is there ever going to be light? It seems one thing after the other, just challenge after challenge and difficulty after difficulty. Maybe in your family, maybe with your children, maybe in your finances, just maybe conflict on the inside, whatever. And it can really feel like there's no end. And that's where David was at, Psalm 142. He says, nobody cares for my soul. He said, nobody acknowledges me. He said, they've set a snare for me. In other words, they've set a trap for me. He talked about having nowhere to hide, no refuge. In Psalm 142, verse 5 or 6, he actually says, I am brought very low. He reached the bottom of the bottom of the bottom. But then he said, but he shall deal bountifully with me. And the first Psalm I mentioned, Psalm 13, how long, O Lord? How long? How does it finish? Exactly the same. He shall deal bountifully with me. In other words, David knew how to fight back. I believe we have all the weaponry. We have all the tools. We have everything we need in the finished work of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. We have everything we need in the word. We have everything to fight back. No matter what's going on in your world right now, there's a celebration. It's an exciting day. But it doesn't change the fact that sometimes what's going on inside can be challenging. You know, David, David, he obviously had some huge enemies externally. But I think his greatest demons, his greatest afflictions were on the inside. Again, Psalm 34, that's my text. In Psalm 34 verse 19, he talks about afflictions. Many of the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers him. Out from them all. You know, oftentimes our biggest challenges are not external things. It's what's really going on on the inside. And maybe, maybe the answer to these few questions I'm going to give you will be the key to you stepping in to the victory Christ has for you and fighting back. Everybody good? Yeah. Happy? Yeah. Relaxed? Love New Zealand. Yeah. God defend. Our free land. God. Can't get up there anymore. <laughs> Here's the first question. What have you been saying? Listen to the way David talked again. I will bless the Lord at all times. Psalm 34 verse 1. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. He says at all times. Continually. Always. Every time. That's what it sounded like. Yeah. But you know, other Psalms conflict with that. Contradict it. How long, O oh Lord? How long will you hide your face from me? How long, how long? I am brought very low. How is it that David said, oh, bless the Lord at all times, but there's a lot of evidence to say that he went into negative spirals. He went into challenges. But this is the thing. I don't think David was necessarily saying, I have blessed the Lord at every time, but it's a commitment, a decision. I will. I will bless the Lord at all times. If you want to fight back when the enemy tries to hold you in conflict or affliction, even the internal stuff, why don't you really decide that you are going to have that determination, you're going to praise God every single time. There's a power in praise, there's a power in worship, beautiful worship spirit, worshipful spirit here this morning. And you know there is a power in that like nothing else. Because it's a way of fighting back. It's powerful when we realize all that God has got for us. But the way we speak is so critical. And that was David's confession. I will bless the Lord. At all times, there's so many verses, so many scriptures that I could mention that talk about the way we speak. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. In Proverbs chapter 10, verse 11, it says, The mouth of the righteous is a well of life. Is your mouth a well of life? Or is it a sewer of defeat? I wonder. I better ask you one more time. Is your mouth a well of life? Or is it a sewer of defeat? The way we speak to ourselves. The way we speak to our children. The way we speak in our marriage. The way we speak to the people around and about us. Let's decide our mouth is going to be a well of life in Jesus' name. That we're going to speak life into people. So often the way people speak to themselves and about themselves can be so defeated. So defeated. We're going to take responsibility for the words we speak. You yeah, know, in a church, words are so powerful. In a church, when people speak words of life, you you tend to get what you speak. And you're in a life giving church. What's the point of having a church called life? If we don't have any life to our words. Let's have life words in Jesus' name. Let's decide. Let's decide we're going to have to speak life words. My oldest son, he's 39 now. His name's Joel and one of the key songwriters in our church and heads up Hillsong United as a lot of you would know, when Joel was about 10, one time I was driving him down with a little friend from school, so there was two of them, and I was driving them down to... Watched the most incredible rugby league team in the history of the world. We got another prize this, this year. It was about our 14th wooden spoon, I think. <laughs> the great Parramatta Reels, a wooden spoon, means you came last, in case you're wondering. And so, uh, so I was driving him down there, and I'd been away, and I'd just bought him kind of a watch, a little kid's watch, one of those sort of gimmicky watches. And when we are on our way home, Joel goes, oh, no, I left my watch there. And I can still remember starting to speak words like, speaking negative. Why would you take your watch off at the football? And I really wasn't speaking life to him at all. And I'll never forget it because I looked at my rear vision mirror and there was Joel. He looked so crushed. He looked so humiliated in front of his little friend. And I decided right there and then to remember that picture because that's not who I want to be. That's not. A, how I want to speak to the world around and about me. Let's decide we'll speak words of life. Here's a second question. How are you feeling? Ask the person next to you, how are you feeling? Come on, ask the person next to you, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? Are you okay? You know, it's actually a good question. It's a good question. Okay, we're finished asking now. (laughs) Verse two, verse two. Psalm 34, my soul shall make its boast to the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. David's speaking about his own soul. He was saying to his own emotions. He was saying to his own mindset. He was saying, When it came to the choices he made, my soul is going to boast in the Lord. Every time we praise, every time we worship, that's what we're doing. We are boasting in the Lord. And it's not an arrogant boast about how wonderful you are. No, no, no. This is a boast about how good God is. And it's a boast that the righteous can really, really identify. Rather, the humble can really identify with. The humble shall hear of it and be glad, the Bible says. Well, David, he really did know how to speak to his own soul. Sometimes our feelings can rule us and rob us, and you can't deny them. They're real. But you also can't let them control your life. If we let our feelings control our life, then believe me, it will affect every single time what's really going on inside of you. I love what David did. Listen to First Samuel chapter 30, verse six. It says, David was greatly distressed. In other words, he was in a bad way. David was greatly distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. David was distressed. The people were grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But look at this. It goes on and says that David strengthened himself in the Lord. What did he do? He strengthened himself in the Lord. He knew how to strengthen himself. When it comes to our feelings, our emotions, our thinking, do you realize we can fight back by strengthening ourselves in the Lord? Other translations, So he encouraged himself in the Lord. And what does that look like? What does that sound like? Well, it sounds like this. When the sun sets free, is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Free at last. He has ransomed me. His grace runs deep. While I was a slave to sin, Jesus died for me. Yes, he died for me. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. That is encouraging yourself in the Lord. And in case you don't know, that was a worship song I was quoting, but that's, that's how he strengthened himself. Get worshipping, get praising, get believing, so that we don't have to just depend on our external counsel. We, you know, thank God for psychologists and the work they do, and thank God for the medical profession and for professional counselors. And by all means, if that's going to help you, please, please do that. Go and talk to somebody, but We can't outsource all of our problems. God's given us the capacity to strengthen ourselves, to encourage ourselves in the Lord. So let's do that. Let's do it. Let's decide I'm going to strengthen myself. And look at that. And the Lord, there is zero there. There used to be a little bit there, but not anymore. Free at last. Hey. (laughs) David strengthened himself in the Lord. You know, Psalm 34, same Psalm, beautiful Psalm, verse 9. Listen to it. It says, worship God if you want the best. Worship opens doors to all His goodness. You're going to love that one, sigh. Worship opens doors to all. So we don't just have sing song while the latecomers come. No, 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 we praise, we worship, and it's opening doors to the goodness of God, and it's a good dose of the goodness of God that we need. That's why gathering, being together, being in a, in a room filled with worshiping people, it is good for the soul. David even said, after saying, I am brought very low, he said, the righteous shall surround me. I'm going to get amongst the people of God. The righteous shall surround. Surround me, for you have dealt bountifully with me. So, what have you been saying? How are you feeling? Number three, how are you looking? How are you looking? I'm not asking uh, whether you had a bad hair day. I mean, for me, every day is a bad hair day. It's a, I'm not meaning, that, you know, did you, uh, did you not like the way? How are you looking? Where are you looking? You see, if you look within... You just get miserable. If you start looking around, you get distracted. David knew that as well. Listen to Psalm 73. In Psalm 73, David says, no doubt about it, God is good. Good to good people. Good to the good hearted. No doubt about it, God is good. But listen to this. He said, but I nearly missed it. Missed seeing his goodness. Why? He says, because I was looking around, looking at the top, looking the other way, he says, looking at the top, envying the wicked who have it made, who have nothing to worry about, not a care. In other words, started looking at what's fair and what's not fair. Why is that person being blessed and that one there being exalted? I'm going through all these struggles. You look within, you just get miserable. You look around, you just get distracted. But what if you look to Him? Here's the psalm. Psalm 34. They looked to Him and were radiant. I love that verse. They looked to Him. We can look around. We can look within. We can get so caught up in what's going on in the physical realm around and about us. I'm going to tell you right now, there is something about looking to Him. When you look to Him, you look to His countenance. It's His grace. It's His favor. It's His smile. It's His goodness. If you're struggling today, where are you looking? Look to Him. They looked to Him and were radiant, the Bible says. And their faces were not ashamed. Wow. You know, I love this in the message. I love this. Look, it's my favorite part. It says in the message: Look to him. Give him your warmest smile. Never hide your feelings from him. Look to him. Give him your warmest. When my kids were small, you know, they get upset, they didn't want to go to bed, or maybe they got disciplined by their mom. and uh, you know, they, they, I would always, do, I'd, I'd say, to them, smile smile and they'd be like fu, 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 fu. and after all, i'd be smile and they'd get a sort of half a smile out on one side of there by the end i got them every single time they'd be smiling they'd be laughing and i think the word of the lord for you today is smile 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 I hope this works I'm coming down there smile if you if I look like I'm walking a little awkward well I always do look like that but I've actually pulled a muscle of my leg so I need healing I need healing <laughs> and so yes I am walking a little t- smile Ah, look at that smile look at that smile that's a smile worth getting right there have we got the smile there here it is, smile, give him your warmest smile, wow, what can you, oh, there he is, I see him, all I could see was me, smile, come on, smile, smile, give him your, wa- smile. Oh, what, smile, I want a pretty smile right there, smile, Look, these guys are smiling before I even get to them, smile, give him your warmest smile. Fantastic. Great to see you in church for a change. Incredible. Hey, give him. your smile. Look at that. Smile. You know, it's a choice. It is actually a choice. It's a choice sometimes to take responsibility for our countenance, to decide I'm not not just going to let the circumstance rule my countenance. I'm going to give him my warmest smile. And I think it's a beautiful and a powerful thing. To do. I heard this said once that a man's spirit is measured by the splendor on his wife's countenance. (laughs) Hey ladies, this will be a good time to smile. You're making him look bad. Come on. A man's spirit is measured by the splendor on his wife's countenance. I think sometimes a pastor's spirit is measured by the splendor on the congregations countenance. Come on for the sake of Pastor Paul and Marie. Come on. Uh, Look at that. This is a radiant church right here. Plenty of smiles. Plenty of smiles. Hey, I think an employer's spirit is measured by the splendor on his or her employees' countenance. So let's live the kind of lives that enable people around and about us to smile. If you want to fight back, Take responsibility for the way you're speaking. Decide you can strengthen yourself in the Lord and don't be ruled by the way you're feeling. Decide you're gonna change the look on your dial. You're gonna know the power of looking to Him. They looked to Him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. So no condemnation, no guilt, no shame. When we look to Him, we can look to Him with an absolute confidence and freedom because of all Christ is and all that Christ has done. For us, in Jesus' name. Number four, how's your appetite? How is your appetite? (laughs) I guess, depends on whether you've had breakfast or not. Hey, verse eight says this. Oh, taste and see. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Listen to it. Taste and then see. I don't know about you, but I like to see what I'm eating before I taste it. And there's a good reason for that in this part of the world, Australia, we love our Vegemite. Is it still Marmite over here in New Zealand? Which is the best, Marmite or Vegemite? Give us a wave for Marmite, give us a wave for Marmite. Uh, Give us a wave for Vegemite. Pretty close, pretty close. Well, listen to me. You know the way we prank tourists, don't you? And especially American tourists. How do we do that? Well, you basically tell them to close their eyes. and You know, Vegemite is a, is a science. I mean, it's all about the heat of the toast and then the consistency between the butter and the Vegemite or the Marmite, isn't it? It's all about the consistency and you get it right. It's just beautiful. It's beautiful. We love that stuff. We grow up on that stuff. We love it. But you see, that's not the way we Give it to tourists. What do we do? We tell them to close their eyes and we get the biggest (laughs) tablespoon we can find and get the biggest dollar and tell them to open their mouth and in it goes. And uh, you scar them for life, for life, for life. (laughs) But that's why you want to see before you taste. But the Bible says, oh, taste and then you'll see. Is my time gone? I'm lost. No, no, I've still got hours i got hours to go. There's so many different figures up there I can't work out. So it's 9.57am. I've got 11 minutes, 6 seconds to go in case you're wondering when the heck this will ever come to an end. But, and there's a 0.00 there. And that's the part I couldn't work out. I thought that was telling me, get off the platform. That's what I thought it was saying. Hey, and so, anyway, we want to see before we taste. One time years ago, I was on an airplane somewhere in Australia and, You know, I had my little uh, inside cellophane. I had my little crackers and cheese. And there was just a grape on the side. (laughs) You know, you always want to leave the best till the last, don't you? You do it with ice cream. When it comes to, what do you call it? Metropolitan? No, what do you call it? Ice cream. Cosmopolitan? Metropolitan? Neapolitan. Neapolitan. (laughs) There you go. It's Italian. Neapolitan. And you have the chocolate. You have the vanilla. And you have the strawberry. And which one do you leave till last? You leave the... Yeah, strawberry down here. Most people always say chocolate. I'm a strawberry guy as well. But listen to it, you leave the best or last. And so I'm on the plane and I had my little grapes that I couldn't wait to eat and enjoyed the dry cracker and the cheese and then finally got to my grape and I was so looking forward to it. It was an olive. <laughs> that's why, that's why, we want to see before we taste. But you see, the Bible puts it the other way around, oh, taste and see. I mean, we can, well, I'll, I'll worship God. I'll raise my hands and worship God after I see God working in my life. But if you only get a taste for worshiping God after you've seen Him worship and working in your life, see, that's not the way faith works. It's, oh, taste, I'm going to raise my hands in faith. I'm going to lift my voice and sing at the top of my lungs. I'm going to praise Him even when I don't feel like it. That's getting a taste for worshiping God before you see the miracle and the answers that God has for you. It's the way that faith works. You think, well, I will get, you know, a taste for trusting God if I can first see God answering my prayer, working in my life. We want to see before we taste. But the Bible way is, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and then see. It's the same with giving, obviously. Promise after promise after promise in the Scriptures. Whether you're sowing, tithing, giving, helping the poor. And so many promises that God's going to bring blessing into your life. If you help the poor, the Bible says, you lend to the Lord. And the Bible says God will repay you. In other words, it's coming back. And every time we decide we're going to trust God and we get a taste for honoring Him in our lives, with our finances, with our words, when we get a taste, there we see the blessing of God. See if I will not open the windows of heaven. Pour out such blessing for you, you'll not be able to receive it. You'll see it when you determine, I'm going to get a taste for putting God first. Honor Him and trust Him. And you know something? That's the adventure of serving Jesus. Stepping out. When it seems every circumstance, it doesn't make sense. Stepping out, trusting God, putting your trust in Him. Oh, taste. Step out and see that the Lord is good. I love it. So, Father, I just thank you in Jesus' name for what you're doing in our lives. I thank you for your power. I thank you for your promise. I thank you, Lord, that even in the darkest of times... We can look to you. Lord, you give us the weaponry to fight back. To fight back by stepping out and trusting you. To fight back by deciding we're going to look to you and show you our warmest smile. By deciding, Father, that we are going to be strengthened. We're going to be encouraged in the Lord as we worship you. Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, no matter what's going on in people's world, I thank you for your promise. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifenz.org.